You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, here with your break from all the High Resource Five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now on the line, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Nice to be here again. Made it through the storms this afternoon. Looking forward to more storms tomorrow and the next day, I think. But, you know, hey, good thing we got that turf out on the baseball field. And and uh, it was a great weekend, man. Saw a lot of winning. And the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, Earthlings. Uh, so I've got quite the um, attention deficit disorder and high definition setup right here. I've got my notes pulled up on the screen. I've got Southern Miss and Alabama on my phone. I've got the Pelicans and the lakers on my television right now so uh, i'm going to do my best to stay engaged with all the happenings we will uh, of course bring you the update on the game the game is going on right now we have a pitching change in the eighth inning for the golden eagles ryan ott coming in right now southern miss up by one so hopefully we will have a a, uh, victory before this episode is over (laughs) so uh what are you guys uh sipping on tonight There it is. There we go. I was, I was gonna. I was gonna pour while I was uh, talking about it tonight. I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I normally go something from Lincoln Road Package Store, and we all know that I love Lincoln Road Package Store. But I'm gonna show uh, a little love to Mississippi's only distillery, as far as I know. Or is there another distillery besides Cathead mm. in Mississippi these days? Not a legal one, I don't think. Well, yeah, oh, I've got a mason jar, some stuff from one of those, too. Uh, good whiskey. <laughs> I'm running real low, though, so uh, next time I come visit, I may need to, to hit up my people. Uh, but what I'm sipping on tonight, uh, Cathead Distillery released a Old Soul 15-year bourbon last year. Uh, obviously, Cathead didn't distill that because they haven't been around for 15 years, but what they did was uh, bought a lot of 15-year barrels from a undisclosed distillery, uh, unconfirmed, but it, it looks like it's probably Jim Beam is where they got those barrels from. So some 15-year-old uh, Jim Beam barrels, more likely, uh, came out. They they did it at cast strength, just did did all the barrels together into one batch, came out about 2,400 bottles. Uh, but what's unique about this whiskey is that the whiskey went into the barrel at 125 proof and dropped to 102 proof over the course of the 15 years that, that it was in the barrel. And you don't see that very often. So this this makes it kind of a unique pour. I'll, I'll quit talking about this specific bottle of whiskey before everybody tunes out before the episode starts. But uh, interesting bottle, delicious whiskey. I was unaware that Cathead even did bourbon. So Cathead actually does distill their own bourbon. They do a blend. They release it, and in, in it may still be Old Soul is the name of it. This was a, a rare and limited release, I believe. But uh, their their stuff is obviously younger. Um, I haven't tried any of the normal. Uh, I, I would be willing to. Um, 
but uh, I haven't seen the regular bottles around these parts. I actually had a friend pick this bottle up for me in Tennessee recently uh, while he was out and about on the road. But, yeah, really, really cool stuff. So we have a, Alabama just stole a base, and uh, it looked – I thought he might have been out. Let me see. The replay's coming up here. There's two outs in the eighth. And let's see if he's safe. Runner on second, so I'm showing he's safe. Yeah, that the ump called him safe. It looked it was really close. But the thing about so the, to the listeners that may not be watching this game or keeping up, keeping up, one of the interesting things from this game is that in the Southeastern Conference, apparently you can go to a video replay. And uh, there was a, an Alabama runner who ended up being safe earlier in the game. I'm. There's kind of a delay right now, so I'm wondering if they're going. They need to go to the replay for us. Yeah, it's under review. So, hey, turnabout's fair play. We'll see what happens. I don't expect it to go our way given the um, circumstances of the location, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking for the sprinklers to come on at any second. Yeah, the sprinklers are going to come on. The lights will go out. We'll see something something like that. They'll pull down Sherrod Gideon in the court of the end zone again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If a mystery yellow flag drops in center field, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Covered up by turf. So we're sitting here today. It is a Tuesday night as of this recording, but a big, big weekend coming up this weekend. Super Saturday, March the 27th, 2021. The Golden is going to be kicked off. I mean, it's, it's a jam-packed full day. And if any listeners or any Southern Miss fans make it to every one of these events, let us know, because I will be thoroughly impressed with you if you make this happen. So Jamie will give you a cookie. I will give you a cookie if your name, if it's your name at South Mount Delhi for that particular day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the day starts off. The football scrimmage is going to be this Saturday at 930 a.m. And it says the Golden Eagles are going to utilize a two hour situational scrimmage. Admission is free to the scrimmage, and fans are asked to enter the grandstand on the west side only. That's the uh, that's the home side. Parking will be open around the football stadium that day, while concessions will also be available in the stadium. I think they're going to have some breakfast stuff out there in the concession stand, so that'll be kind of interesting. Um, also, so following the scrimmage, the women's tennis team will play a pair of matches against Loyola New Orleans and Xavier New Orleans starting at 11 a.m., while the men's team plays Loyola at 11 a.m. as well. So you, you start off at the Rock for the football scrimmage at 9.30. Then at 11, the tennis complex that both the men and women are playing. And then it ends with a doubleheader at Pete Taylor Park as the Golden Eagles host the ranked Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. And that is a doubleheader. So you've got... A, that's going to be a full, full day is, is before everything is said and done. Jason, how are you feeling about your endurance for this Saturday? Well, um, you know, Jamie, this whole 930 in the morning start thing doesn't really uh, – it, it doesn't really affect me with like the time that I wake up in the morning. I'm not one of these guys that just can't make it that early because I wake up early all the time. What does affect me, though, is four-year-old soccer. So, um, uh, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I get it. I don't really get it. I, I don't really get it. Well, why you, uh, why you have it this early in the morning? I really don't. I mean, is it to accommodate tennis? It's probably, to, it's probably, to, it's probably to accommodate baseball, really. Well, but, 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 but baseball starts at what, two o'clock Saturday, right? Well, I mean, it's a fair point. Uh, you know, I, I'm just saying 
zero chance I can make it. Neither can the other 3,000 people that are out of Tatum Park that morning. So um, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. But, well, you know, I'll say this. If it does rain tomorrow like it did today and possibly Thursday, then there's a good chance we don't play soccer. Um, so really, I have to root for my four-year-old to not have the uh, opportunity to play soccer so that I'll have the opportunity to go watch a practice football game. So uh, as predicted, uh, the Alabama runner was safe at second, but Ryan Ock catches the Alabama batter looking as he strikes him out for the third out of the eighth. And then we're going to the ninth right now. Southern Miss coming to bat up five to four. So when the game is over, we'll bring you all the baseball news of the week. But as for now, we're going to keep the party going with other Southern Miss news. Shane, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to take a stab at that Alabama batter's last name that just uh, that got looking? Bryant. Definitely not Bryant. Okay. No, then that's my guess. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I, you were looking at the stats. I didn't know if you were reading it the same I was. Uh, but Oh, uh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, it's spelled D-I-O-D-A-T-I. Diodati. Yeah, sure. That's that's as good a guess as I was going to have. The Holy Diver, Diodati. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds like it, it sounds like a uh, it could it could possibly be a soccer ball or like a like Toyota. Well, he's definitely been down too long in the midnight sea. <laughs> I've got <laughs> I've got I've actually got the game pulled up on the video, so I don't I didn't see the name. I just saw the guy looking oh mr fancy i got access to sec plus you the rest of you poor people can just watch stats and listen to it that's what the sec needs is some you know some more people giving them money yeah right exactly exactly well uh a little bit of football news so we got the big spring game this weekend this is the final week of spring football practice course uh that finishing up this saturday we'll have a report on that for you next week an unfortunate, unfortunate happening today as uh, Dequan Bailey Brown announced on Twitter that he broke his ankle. And he is somebody that, uh, you know, didn't get to play last year, finally back on the team this year, making his mark, having some really, really solid practices. And, I mean, he's a guy that you lo- – I mean, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you love to follow him on Twitter because he is he, – he works as hard as anybody. Now, what is this ankle – I mean, this broken ankle – do we know any specifics about it? I mean, it doesn't sound great, but there, there's, you know, it's like a, like a completely like broken in half ankle. <laughs> or, I mean, is it possible for him to? Because I mean, sometimes you know breaks can can come back a little a little quicker than others. I mean, I, I get that he's a speed guy, and the last thing you want to do as a speed guy is have an ankle issue. But um, you know, it's possible. Still, he's not going to miss anything, right? Yeah, I mean, put some gorilla glue on it. You're good to go. <laughs> I, you know, that's tough to say with a broken ankle. I mean, it's tough to say because all we, all I've seen is this tweet. You know, they they haven't yeah. really gone into specifics. So, um, you know, I'm sure we'll have some more info on that coming soon. Definitely wish him a, a speedy recovery and 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 hopefully he can see some action for the Golden Eagles this year. Yeah, anybody that's been following him on social media, I mean, the work ethic the guy's got, uh, even last year when when he wasn't able to play, he was working as hard as anybody else. Uh, you know, very positive attitude, seems to be very, very religious guy, kind of grounded. Uh, um, we haven't seen him on the field yet, but uh, just the skills that, that he's shown, 
uh, if you've been paying attention, should excite you. And it's just really unfortunate that uh, he experienced an accident like this. I hope he bounces back quick because I'd, I'd love to see him making some plays this fall. And my man is super duper athletic, too, man. I mean, this is the same guy, right, that's like doing the flips in the end zone like while yeah. he's catching the football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Him. that's uh, I can think of like one other person in the history of Southern Miss athletics that can might pull that off. And that's Jamie Collins. Just because he does all those flips and stuff, but uh, but yeah, man, he's I don't know, he works so hard, he'll probably come back sooner. Than, I I tell you what, I'd rather it be a broken ankle than like a torn ACL. Right? No doubt. So, well, it depends but, on the the extent of the angle injury, angle ankle. Yeah, absolutely. So we we also have some um some football commitment news this week. Uh, up first, we have a. Transfer from West Virginia, an offensive lineman, uh, Briason Mays, who has, I believe he has three years of eligibility left, 6'3", 308-pound uh, offensive lineman. He's played multiple positions uh, from Bolivar, Tennessee, so uh, that's well needed. We will definitely take uh, Briason. Uh, I believe he'll be joining the team this summer, so yeah, excellent I news. believe he was a high school teammate of Trey Lowe's. Uh, so they're, they're friends from way back. And, uh, and I mean, so there obviously should be some chemistry there if Trey ends up being the starting quarterback. Well, I guess he'd have to sit out this coming year, wouldn't he? Uh, under transfer rules. I don't know Um, with, with COVID, I don't know if that's the case this year. Well, that'd be, that'd be awesome because we definitely need, uh, more capable bodies on the offensive line. That's an area that we've all been worried about, just depth there-wise. Uh, the guys that we've got that are starters that are coming back, we know have a lot of talent and are, are very capable of doing the job, but we need more people and a couple of holes to fill. So um, that's uh, nice to see somebody that's got some some uh, at least limited D1 snap experience that would have chemistry with the guy that's probably the leading candidate for quarterback. Yeah, number one, we need bodies. And number two, we need, you know, good bodies, like good players. <laughs> so if you can if you can get both in this one guy, that's great. But yeah, no doubt there that we we have to have more depth. We have to have more people. And we hope that those people are good are good. So hopefully it's both of those things. Uh, not to completely derail us, but just to give an update, we uh we did not get any runs on the top of the ninth. We did get a base runner when McGillis got hit by a pitch, but Ock is back out to pitch the bottom of the ninth for us now. Wow, Ock. Getting the yeah. call. Oh, shut, strike that. They just changed it to Ramsey. Okay. That makes way more sense. It does. It does. But that's what called hit me. Hit the inner sand man. Well, we're at Alabama. And, and my, my video feed is a little bit behind that, so I haven't seen who's out on the mound. So I, I, I had no means to to do any kind of correction there. Well, if is you there trust any way for us to uh, do inner Sandman like right now. Also, this week we had three high school commitments uh, going towards the 21-22 uh, football signing class. Uh, first was uh, Kenyon Clay. A 6'1", 215-pound running back from Union High School in Union, Mississippi. And then we had twin brothers on the offensive line. Cameron Barnes, 6'5", 300 pounds. And Kyron Barnes, 6'4", 285 pounds. Both of them offensive linemen from Adams County Christian School in Natchez, Mississippi. So so uh, we're, we're, we're getting off to a, to a solid class already in March. How would you like to have to feed those two brothers? Those <laughs> no are kidding. massive human beings. That's a hell of a grocery bill. The Barnes Barn. 
so let's start, let's go ahead and start talking about baseball. So Alabama's coming to bat, and I'm hopefully by the time we get through this, we will be able to uh, give the hopefully by the time we finish the baseball part, this game will be over because we're up five to four. Coming out to close out the game, three outs away from a so hopefully a Southern Miss victory, which would be a first for us, I believe, on Tuesday nights this season. Um, yeah. If we lose again, then there's going to be a revolt. <laughs> no kidding. Well, the good news is I don't think we have too many more midweek games to go. we got one against South Alabama, but uh, most of them, given our four-game conference um, game, you know, weekends, uh, you know, we don't have as many as we normally do. So I this feel pre- way better about this one because it's just got the word Alabama. And not South Alabama. Well, yeah, that's a great <laughs> point. So this past Friday, uh, Golden Eagles kicked off a three-game homestand against Missouri State and won the first game by a final score of 2-2-1. Two, two, yeah, the game, you know, and you're going to see as we talk about all of these games, but we kind of sound like a broken record every week when we talk about, you know, the the – quality that we get out of our starting pitching and our pitching in general, but specifically the starting pitching. And this one was no different. Uh, won the game two to one Stanley with the uh, Stanley with the win and Ramsey with the save. The game was completed in two hours and 48 minutes, which is also becoming a trend, which is kind of cool. Although out in the roof, sometimes I tend to stick around a little bit longer because I'm used to these games going longer than three hours. Uh, the line for Stanley, seven innings pitch, three hits, zero runs, seven Ks, two walks. Um, Ock came in through the eighth. Ramsey shut the door with three Ks in the ninth by himself. Um, USM was out, was actually out hit six to four. Um, but you know, the, the, the guys we got on base, we, we ended up getting them in to score. And, uh, the, the, the two runs for uh, USM, um, attributed to an RBI double from McGillis and an RBI single by Sargent. So when you get the guy, you know, if you're not going to score a whole lot of runs, um, or, or, or actually, if you know that you don't need to score a lot of runs, maybe maybe you don't think you have to. You know, like like every time our pitchers go out there, I think we have to have in the back of our head, like, look, we get two or three, we're good. I, it makes me wonder if if it would be different if we had worse starting pitching. Maybe the hitting would be better. Anyway, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think we have would have lost more games. Not, not been as good. That for sure. Uh, other than that, uh, we have one out in the bottom of the ninth, by the way. And the Pelicans are skull-dragging the Lakers. I know they're without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So this is hopefully this is, has the makings of being a great night. Um, on the Saturday's game where, you know, Missouri State was playing them tough and everything kind of just fell apart there in the middle of the game. But Southern Miss ended up getting the victory five to nothing on Saturday. You know, these pitchers are just interchangeable. We read Stanley's line just a minute ago. Uh, tell me if this sounds familiar. Um, eight innings pitch, three hits, one walk, six Ks. <laughs> it's uh, it's unbelievable. Um, and just over 100 pitches, you know, in eight innings for, for Walker Powell, of course, who I'm talking about. Um, it's, it's, it's got to be nice to be able to, like we said last week, to throw your Friday night dominant guy for the last couple of years on Saturday and not miss a beat on Friday. It's really cool. Uh, Tanner Hall actually came in and closed it out in the ninth inning. Uh, Gabe Montenegro is just finding ways to get on base. He hit some balls hard last weekend, got another couple hits in this game. Um, Trimble scored twice. Charlie Fisher had a, had a pretty good line. One hit, two walks, one run scored, two RBIs. And um, 
And, you know, early in the season when Southern Miss – remember that game where we stuck out 20 times versus Mississippi State? And, like, the next game we stuck out – we struck out, like, 12 or 13 12. times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we just had a ton of strikeouts, and we were talking about it on this show. Just, you know, put the bat on the ball. Just, you know, uh, leave leave there running. Like, um, not striking out. You know, wear that like a, like it's a badge of honor. So, in, in this weekend series – um, the Golden Eagles are getting better at that. Uh, I had eight Ks in the first game. No, eight Ks in this game, seven in the first game. And we hadn't gotten to the last game yet, but only struck out six in that one. So that's a total of 21 strikeouts over a three-game series where we as we had um, 20 in that in that one game versus Mississippi State. So uh, we're making some adjustments. Um, Coach uh, Creel and Coach Barry are, are really putting in the work with these guys and and it's paying off with a bunch of wins. What is it? What is this? Eight or nine? Eight, eight or nine out of eight out of nine, nine out of ten wins. We've had a bunch in a row. Yeah, uh, two outs by the way now. Strike um, out swinging. And in one, I don't know about you guys, but there in the fifth inning, we had the bases loaded and they actually walked in two runs. And I always have flashback to the College World Series uh, whenever, <laughs> whenever that's Texas. But uh. We did, we did get the, we did, uh, you know, that was the two runs that, that uh, kind of got primed the pump and uh, got us on our way to the 5 to nothing victory. Then on Sunday, the Golden Eagles close it out with a 3-1 to one victory to sweep Missouri State and make the Golden Eagles 5-5 five and five on the year in weekend series. Yep, uh, won the game 3-1. to one. I'll tell you what, when you give up, two runs for an entire weekend series, uh, you're going to win a bunch of those series. And, I mean, Ben Etheridge looked great. Um, and let's see who else. McGillis looked awesome. McGillis had some some unbelievable plays out there at second base. Um, and, of course, the game started off great. Montenegro starting off with a single trip and Trimble with a triple right after that. Um, Fisher ended up knocking him in, and that's all the runs that, that Etheridge needed. Um, he had a – Etheridge actually had a no-hitter for a while through five innings, I believe five innings. Um, his line was awesome, just like the other two guys, uh, Stanley and Powell. Uh, so Etheridge went seven innings pitched, two hits, one run, zero walks, and six Ks. And I, he's either at the top – or maybe in the top three in the nation as far as strikeout to walk ratio right now. So our, our team ratio is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. the, the whole pitching staff. Right. You know, I actually had a discussion with, with Gabe Montenegro's dad, Mauricio. I call him Momo. But uh, we were talking about what do you think? Like, like Southern Miss has never really hit this poorly. But he brought up a good point. He said, you know, he said, we're not the only team that brings back all these pitchers. He said, we just happen to have, you know, maybe more than the other guy, but everybody's bringing back all these pictures from last year. So we talk about having our Friday guy going on Saturday and we've got this brand new closer and, you know, everybody's bet. There's two or three guys on our staff right now that, we, that could be playing pro ball. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what he was saying, he said, look, you know, on the Friday night, uh, that you, that you that's generally the toughest game, right? Both guys have their, have their ace going Saturday. Uh, you might get into the bullpen a little bit, and then Sunday somebody wins 13 to 11. That's how it is. That's how it's been for the longest time. And and these days you're facing arm after arm after arm. Everybody throws 93. Everybody, you know. And um, and I thought that that was a good point that he made. That you never really get 
uh, that deep into anybody's staff because they have everybody back and there's there's not that limitation on, on scholarships for this particular year with this log jam. And um, anyway, that it made a lot of sense to me. It doesn't totally make sense while the Golden Eagles while the Golden Eagles are struggling as mightily as they are at the plate. But um, I think there's some merit to that argument for sure. And we well, came through tonight when we needed to. Uh, final just uh, just happened. Eagles win five to four. Woohoo! Yes, definitely closed it out strong. Uh, yeah, Golden Eagles win. Five to four. So that's going to, we'll give it a minute before we check the RPI, but that should give us a nice little RPI boost as I believe Alabama was ranked number six in RPI. And for this upcoming weekend, the Golden Eagles have a four game series at home against Louisiana Tech with a doubleheader on Saturday. Louisiana Tech, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, I believe they were number 10 in RPI. So with the win tonight and then the games coming up this weekend, the Golden Eagles have uh, the potential for a significant RPI boost. I know that uh, Sunday we were ranked 58th in the uh, in the uh, Warren Nolan RPI. So we'll give it a little bit and, and give it a chance to update and go back and check that out. But but really, really a terrific win on the season for the Golden Eagles. Anybody have the stats pulled up? I just closed the window, actually. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can open it back up. Yeah, play-by-play pulled up. Oh, well, I have the game line score. Southern Miss won five to four. <laughs> Southern Miss won five to four. And and did, I don't know if you guys on the on the broadcast on the Alabama broadcast the uh, they were kind of getting frustrated at us using all. I mean, because obviously you know I didn't know what we were doing at first. Uh, you know, we start off with Boyd and then we bring in Shepard and then we start bringing a pitcher every inning. And you're just like, oh, well they're probably going through a pitcher every inning to save arms for this weekend. But exactly. The, the the announcers for the Crimson Tide were thoroughly confused as to what the strategy was for this game. And uh, it was it was kind of amusing. It's like, yeah, that's a pretty common strategy in college baseball. Yeah, especially, especially this year. We have four yeah, games, yeah. Yeah, well, and we have 19 pitchers on the team. There's so many players, uh, specifically pitchers, that are really good pitchers that aren't getting to play. Because of what we just talked about a minute ago, our starters go deep every single game. You know, there's only three of them, right, on the weekend. Well, though, I guess there'll be four when conference gets here. But um, when you have 19 pitchers and your starters are going an average of seven innings, it just yeah. doesn't leave a whole lot of room. So, I mean, <laughs> so, and if it's a close game, which it usually is because we don't put up any runs, who are you going to go to? Somebody that, you know, that hadn't pitched a lot this year, you got to go to Mr. Automatic, Garrett Ramsey. So I, I, I get it. I, I think it was cool what they did. And I love pissing off Alabama people. Let's, let's do it again. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what we're messing up when we play South Alabama is that we're throwing too few pitchers. We just I, throw, you know, one pitcher per inning. I love the shade from the baseball team Twitter account. They they tweeted the final score. and They said it just means more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Who runs that? Uh, that's a good question. But it's it's. Man, I tell you though, it's really, really great to to get off the schneid uh, in the midweek games. I mean, that's so that is nine out of ten, right? I'm gonna go back. I know I confused everybody a little while ago when I was saying all this. Yeah, I didn't really. One, two, three, four, five. Loss. One, two, three, four. Nine and one. Nine and one. Our last ten games. Nothing wrong with that. If you go nine and one, your last ten games, you're still not sniffing the top twenty-five, and the top four hadn't changed in three weeks. There might be some sort of bias. I don't know. We we are sniffing the top 25. Though. We're just right outside of it. And, and if we have, I mean, I would say 
even potentially if we split with Tech this weekend, uh, since it's a four-game series with the win that we just got tonight, we, we I mean, well, I would say if we split with Tech, we're probably going to hurt them. Uh, but if we take three out of the four games, there's a, a very solid chance we're in the top 25 next week. I think, you know, RPI-wise, I think we'll move up regardless. And so we're now 13-6 and six on the year. Some things I forgot to mention. So you mentioned the rankings. College Baseball Nation had us ranked number 27 this week. And congratulations to Walker Powell, who was the Conference USA Co-Pitcher of the Week. Um, looking, pulling up the stat line here for the Golden Eagles, uh, Gabe Montenegro leading the way three, three out of four at the plate, one run, two RBIs and the pitching. Yeah. We went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten arms throwing tonight for the Golden Eagles to get the victory. So yeah, it was arm and inning except for the second, uh, when, uh, Gabe Shepard came in to get some work and just didn't have it tonight, unfortunately. Uh, walked three batters in a row and, uh, and luckily, uh, Best came in and, and only gave up one run and got us out of that jam. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, pitcher in inning, uh, and then throw an extra in there. What a, what a wild night. Hey, what, uh, what did Gabe look like? He, uh, he was, he was solid tonight. I, I mean, mean he, I mean, velocity wise. Oh, Shepard. I don't know. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was listening. Uh, I was listening to Juan and, and at that point in time and, and he didn't, uh, didn't say it was just, it, he was uh, walk, walk, walk. He was, I mean, he, I think some of the speed was there, but the, 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 I, the pitches weren't really under control. Um, so I don't know that he's going to be fully, it doesn't look to me like he's going to be fully recovered this season. Right. I mean, I, you hope that it would, you know, something come around, but it just, it just doesn't look like it right now. Boy, so. if that doesn't speak to the depth of our pitching staff, I don't know what does when you got a kid that can hit 101 miles per hour, yeah. you know, and, and could be a, a, a possible like first round draft pick. And you're like, well, he's not going to play. And you're like, no, we're good. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Most seasons, that'd be a devastating blow. Right. Let's take it while we're, I'm thinking about it. Let's see if anything is updated just yet as far as the RPI goes. Yep. So Southern Miss now, according to Ward Nolan, as of when I'm saying these words, up to 39. Nice. So that was a nice little jump for us um, in the RPI. That's about 19 spots, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so now Alabama has an RPI of 11 and Louisiana Tech an RPI of 10. So this is our best opportunity to jump up the RPI is this this week in particular. Hmm. Sweet. You know, I was talking about football earlier. Um, want to touch on this real quick. We had uh, four Golden Eagles uh, re-signed with their respective teams. Keem Re- Re- Nunez-Rochez re-signed with the Buccaneers. Cornell Armstrong re-signs with the Houston Texans. Rashad Hill re-signs with the Minnesota Vikings. And Mike Thomas re-signs with the Cincinnati Bengals. Shane, do you have uh, any updates for the week? Did we play sports this week? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> well, no, there were, there was a lot going on, uh, this week in Golden Eagle land. Uh, I can start us off with soccer tonight because that was probably the biggest win of the week. Uh, soccer had their first ever win over North Texas. Uh, and if you say that, you know, people think, North Texas, that's not a big deal. North, North Texas has won the last three Conference USA championships in a row. Hmm. Uh, so they're, they're the top dog in the conference 
And for us to go out, uh, we got a two to one win over them on Saturday. Jumped out to a to a two to zero lead in the first half. Uh, Caitlin Pierce, uh, or yeah, uh, hopefully I didn't just miss a letter in her name. Uh, but uh, she scored in the the twenty sixth minute, and then uh, Alice Campos in the thirty fourth minute. Uh, and then UNT, uh, added a goal in the 61st minute in the second half, but that's as close as they came, uh, for the effort, our goalkeeper and all right, I need to pause here. There's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm stupid. We've, we've all covered that. Uh, and, and I can barely read. So there. There's uh, especially a name we're going to come to later in in the, uh, the the updates where I don't even know if I'm going to attempt it. But Kendall, uh, if I mess up your last name, I apologize as always. Uh, but Mendich is what I'm going to say there. I think that sounds uh, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, M I N D N I C H Mendich. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm just going to butcher it even more. But was rewarded with uh, Conference USA Keeper of the Week. Had three really big first half saves that kind of killed North Texas momentum in the first half, uh, and six saves on the day uh, to to preserve that two to one lead. Uh, but uh, now soccer has moved to five and two and three and one in Conference USA. They've actually got Rice this weekend, Sunday at one o'clock. And if we win against Rice, they'll be in sole possession of first place in Conference USA West. So wow. strong, strong cool. start against good competition for the soccer team. And, and one went away from from being the forerunners in the West. Uh, so keep it up, ladies. Uh, it's It's been fun so far in the season. And we're excited to see what you can do here uh, down the home stretch. Uh, softball is the next sport on the docket. Uh, I've, I have a feeling that every week when it comes softball time, we're going to be talking about Destiny Brown. And I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the clip that has oh, been yeah. retweeted by a bunch of, of softball organizations, but she's an absolute animal on the <laughs> softball diamond. She was on first base. Uh, one of our players lays down a bunt. The pitcher fields the bunt, and and the other infielders and the catcher had had all tried to to field this bunt as well. Destiny races from first base to home and scores on a bunt. <laughs> there, there's no error involved. The ball wasn't thrown away. The pitcher was holding the ball until she threw it to the catcher to try to tag her out at home, and didn't get it to her in time. So the pitcher that fields the ball can't throw it to the catcher before Destiny Brown makes it from first to, to home. That's, it's absolutely ridiculous. If you haven't seen that clip yet, <laughs> do yourself a favor and watch it because, I mean, it was just a, a streak around the bases. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but uh, the way the team fared uh, this weekend, we were supposed to play South Alabama uh, last Wednesday, I believe it was, the 17th. Uh, that game got canceled which uh, put the the Lady Eagles into a uh, three-game series with Samford over the weekend. The first two games were in Hattiesburg on Saturday. Uh, The Golden Eagles uh, won both of those games 4-0 and 6-2 before making a trip over to Birmingham on Sunday to to fall in the the last game there, 2-8 to Samford. So uh, that leaves the Lady Eagles at 18-10 and and yet to play a conference game. Uh, They were supposed to host, host Ole Miss tomorrow night. Uh, but because of weather, that game has actually been moved to Oxford. 
Uh, so we'll play Ole Miss at five o'clock and then off this weekend and don't play again until they host Mississippi State next Wednesday night. So it was supposed to be an Ole Miss host this week, State next week. Uh, instead, we're going to Oxford tonight and we'll host the, the Bulldogettes in uh, Hattiesburg next week. <laughs> Bull, Bulldogette is Lady That's, Bulldogs. That would I like Bulldogettes. Uh, yeah. It's definitely better than the uh, alternative. Which makes me think about the fact that Louisiana Tech's mascot is the Bulldogs, except for their female sports team are the Lady Texters. Hmm. If you didn't know that, there's your fun fact for the night. Everything in Ruston is ridiculous. I hope we beat the <laughs> shit out of them this weekend. Um, <laughs> so uh, on to men's tennis. Uh, this is a little, little bittersweet for me. I love the Eagles. I want them to win every match. Uh, the one game that they, or the one match that they had over, uh, the last episode that we've recorded, they had a six to one win over North Dakota on Saturday in the Hub City. Um, that moves the, the men's tennis team to five and one with a one and O record in Conference USA. Uh, next up, they've got UNO in Hattiesburg on the 24th. Uh, which is Wednesday tomorrow, uh, if, if, or today, if you're listening when this episode comes out. And then, uh, they've got Loyola of New Orleans and Hattiesburg on Saturday, uh, the 27th as well. Women's tennis was also in action. I'm going to take a whiskey sip break here. Uh, not sponsored by Old Soul because I paid for it, but it's delicious. Provided by Old Soul, we'll say. <laughs> Hey, uh, so something just uh, came across the Twitter wire. It's a, uh, a defensive lineman, 6'3", 310 pounds from Lake Mississippi, Calvin Dinkins, just committed as we speak to Southern Miss. Did so, you say defensive lineman? Defensive lineman, yes, that is correct. That is a large individual. That is a very yeah. large individual. I wonder if he was watching the baseball game and he was like, you know – Southern Miss wins. I'm committing tonight. Well, yeah, maybe so. I mean, whatever it, got him there. We'll take it. We'll Two take it, top, but, baby. But he is a big old <laughs> boy. Uh, uh, he has had uh, offers from Tulane, offers from Baylor. It looks like offers from Arkansas State. So, uh, yeah, definitely a solid get for for Will Hall and, and company. Nice, and I don't have to pull for Arkansas State anymore now that Blake Anderson's not there, so I'm, I'm glad they didn't get that recruit. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, we had a volleyball game this, but two volleyball games this past weekend. Unfortunately, didn't go our way against uh, North Texas, um, falling uh, zero to three on Sunday, and then one to three yesterday morning. But they did open it up to a few more fans to come out. It's a you know, last game for the two seniors. Uh, Pipper Matsumoto and Madison Lawler, but hopefully we have a uh, we have a, a series coming up this next weekend, uh, this come upcoming weekend at UTEP, and the Conference USA Championships are right here in Hattiesburg, April the first through Saturday, April the third. The volleyball team is currently nine and eight on the season. 
Any other sport? Did we miss any other sports? We did. We uh, we've got oh man, four more sports to touch on. Bear with <laughs> me. That's yeah. that's why I had to stop and take a whiskey sip. Uh, yeah, let's roll. Getting a little dry. Let me jump back in. Uh, we left off at men's tennis. Women's tennis was also in action. Uh, they had two different conference matches over the weekend. Uh, Friday they were winners over UAB four to two in Hattiesburg, and then Sunday turned around and won five to two over Louisiana Tech. Uh, that moves the women's tennis team to seven and two and three and one in Conference USA. So strong conference record, strong overall record there for the ladies. Uh, next up, they've got Saturday, um, I believe in Hattiesburg is Loyola of New Orleans. Uh, that's a to be announced start time because they're going to get a match in with Xavier of New Orleans as well at noon on Saturday. So uh, two New Orleans offshoots of what I guess would be Chicago schools. Uh, if, if you take out the LA in parentheses, the real schools are located in Chicago. Why don't you people get your act together and start your own school? <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what, uh, the women's tennis team, both men's and women's tennis are, uh, you know, off to great starts, uh, conference wise and overall wise so far in the early season. Uh, men's golf did not play this past weekend, but they are at Mississippi state old Waverly this weekend. Uh, Friday through Sunday is what that, uh, those rounds are going to go. Uh, and then the women's tennis team was in action last weekend. Uh, they played at the preserve golf club at Saddlebrook. It, it was in Arizona, but from what it, what I could see, it looks like it was hosted by Kansas state. I'm not asking questions, whatever. Uh, the, the ladies were 12th out of 14th in the finish there. Uh, next in action, uh, they are uh, not until April 4th. I mean, April 5th and 6th, they'll play at the Lamar University Cardinal Challenge in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, out of the Mountain View Collegiate Classic that, that was this past weekend, uh, our highest finisher uh, tied for 26, Friend. And that's her first name is Friend. I'm not even going to attempt her last name. I'm way too dumb for that. Uh, somebody can, can try to help me out with that later on. It's spelled C H O M P I T A K D A C H A. Uh, you know, call me, leave me a message. Let me know how to say that. I'm way too stupid to sound out that many letters. Chomp it. Chomp it. Sure. Sure. And friend, I don't want you to think that we're making fun of you. It's just that I'm really too stupid to read your name is what it boils down to. Um, but if somebody wants to help me out with that, I'm sure she's going to excel for the rest of the season and I'll get it right next time. Uh, actually I'm lying. I'll probably mess it up next time too. Let's be real. Um, last sport to talk about, and then, uh, I'll turn it back over and I'm going to drink some whiskey and uh, bump can chat for a little while. Uh, but beach volleyball, uh, also played Jamie whenever regular volleyball beach volleyball was in action at the LSU beach invitational down in Baton Rouge. Uh, not a great weekend for the ladies down there on Saturday. They fell one to four to South Carolina and then the same score to Texas A&M corporate Corpus Christi on Sunday. They won the first match four to one against UNO and then lost zero to five to LSU. Uh, the, the beach ladies actually host their first home matches of the season here uh, coming up Monday. Those were moved up 
uh, from, I believe, Wednesday of next week. Uh, they were maybe expecting some bad weather. But uh, UNO, Spring Hill, and Southeast Louisiana are all going to be participating in that tournament there in Hattiesburg. Uh, and that is Monday the 29th. Uh, one last beach volleyball note before we move on. Uh, although the beach volleyball team as a whole is struggling to a 4-12 and 12 record at this point, uh, all of those matches have been on the road uh, pretty unfairly to the ladies. Uh, coming home, hopefully they can, they can get some momentum going. But uh, we have two players on the squad. Our number one pair are ranked 25th and 26th in the country individually. Oh, wow. uh, Kyle... Uh, uh, Kylie Grandy is the 25th ranked player and Abby Wilson, her, her teammate is the 26th ranked player. So, uh, I know as I've been saying beach volleyball scores, uh, the most, more often than not, we have at least one set win. Well, those, those ladies individually have re- really been showing out, uh, something to keep an eye on for the rest of the beach volleyball season. But that wraps up all of my notes, gentlemen. Let's, uh, I know we've, um, we're a little less than an hour right now, but one thing I wanted to touch on before we get out of here. So if uh, you go on the Southern Miss social media, you will see a tweet or a Facebook post with a link to – it's a promotion that's uh, being done by Bancorp South. Build your Southern Miss dream team in baseball. So you can go in there and check that out. But I wanted to touch on this real quick. So um, – Get you guys' feedback. I don't know if you remember which who you submitted, and I'm not going to name everybody because, um, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. I know we have some to listen to our show, but if there are like guys that you think are locks, um, give your give your feedback on this. So up first, we have three starting pitchers, and there's a number of guys you could throw in here. To me, the one that's definitely a lock is Nick Sandlin, but you can make. A case for the, I mean, Todd McKinnis, Kurt McCarty, Barry Bowden, uh, Cliff Russell, Andrew Pierce, John Bale, Scott Copeland. I mean, there's a lot of guys <laughs> on here that you could like, you could legitimately make a case for any of those. But to me, like, you got to have Nick Sandlin in there. Before I even have to start making decisions this hard, I mean, I mean these, going through this team was probably the hardest set of decisions I've ever had to make in my life. When you, <laughs> when you start looking at the absolute animals we've had on the baseball diamond in the not too distant past, it's just incredible. So it's, okay, uh, yeah, that's a plunk because I need whiskey to make these decisions. <laughs> they, they can't be made on their own. It's, uh, I, I know that you know, we talked about it as we selected our own teams when they came out and, and, it just got to the point where I was looking through the list and I'm like, I've, I've just got to pick three guys because this is an impossible decision. Uh, yeah, how do definitely. you decide between one guy or the other when you're putting two all time Southern Miss greats up against each other? Just nuts. But yeah, Nick Sandlin, you've absolutely got to roll with, uh, throw some names in a hat and draw from there. What do you do? Yeah, definitely. Well, what I did was I, you know, and I thought about going. Really, the toughest decision for me was who I was going in, uh, going with in the uh, second spot, and I was teetering between Barry Bowden and um, and Todd McKinnis. I ended up going McKinnis, um, and really, it's just you know, just I think he went to my high school. <laughs> so that's the reason that I picked him. I know Barry way better, but uh, I think that's the reason. And then the last guy that I went with was Shay Douglas. Just because I wanted to go, I wanted to have at least one left-hander in there. I mean, you, you, you literally could, uh, 
could um could pick any up. You could be you could pick any three and it would be justified in your selection. But but those are the three I went with. I mean Shea was was lights out when he was here. He was you know a lot of people listening might not act, might not remember a lot from Shea Douglas, but he was you know as close, he was like these guys today that we've been talking about all episodes. So that's the three I went with. Uh, yeah, my. I shared two with you. I had McKinnis and, and Sandlin. You, no, you went Bowden instead of McKinnis. No, McKinnis. Okay, yeah. So I went I went McKinnis and Sandlin, and then uh, my third was Cliff Russell. But how, it's an impossible decision. How 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 do you pick out of that lineup just three pitchers? Uh, for catcher, we got uh, you know an interesting battle as well. You got you know some of these guys, Derek Reams from way back in the day, which is probably like the nineties. Hold on. Hold on, before we move on to catch, you're not getting out of here without telling us who you picked. Oh, well, I don't want to name names for these guys. Yeah, with the, the <laughs> two of us name names already. To quit that. I went with I went with Bowden, McCarty, and uh, Sandlin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, a stellar lineup. No, but I love all you of them. You can't be mad at that. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, catcher. So we got the catcher here. Derek Reams, way back in the day. You've got Kevin Coker, uh, the fan favorite, Chucky Robinson. I went with Brad Wilcutt. Um, just kind of seemed like the seemed like the best choice of the bunch, but you know I could see you going with several of those guys. Wanted to go Chucky really bad, strictly, but but I mean you know, and a lot of that is from he's got probably the best arm behind the plate uh, in the history of of Southern Miss. Um, but I went with Cutter as well, um, and a lot of it had to do with offensive stats, right? You know, Ch- Chucky was great. I mean, and and they're all again. It's it's really tough to to pick between all of them. But if you're forced into a corner, I think that offense does play a part. So I went, I went well cut as well. Exact same situation. It, it came down to a really tough dis- uh, decision between Chucky and and Will Cut, and I went Will Cut as well. So first first base, you've got. I mean, another another tough decision. I mean, you could really roll with any of these guys. You've got. Uh, Tim Lynch, Adam Doliak, Hunter Slater, Cliff Wren. I went with Mark Maddox. Yeah, I um, see Mark Maddox every time that we go to baseball games. Um, but yeah, I, I went with Wren just because. Because you wanted I, to fight Maddox next baseball game. <laughs> just because, just because he's hilarious, and and you know we were. We still are good friends, but you know we had a little business together for a while, and and. Uh, and I really wish that he hadn't left that senior year and gone to Mississippi State. Um, I, I would like to have known what he could have done to the record books had he stayed that last year. But he's just a big, dumb animal, uh, one of the best hitters <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, big, you know, he, he is. He's a, I can't believe he hadn't made his way onto, like, the big screen in some form or fashion now just from doing the idiotic things that he does. But he's great. Um and he, th- that dude will be 50 years old and still be able to step into the box and hit a double off the wall off somebody throwing 90. I don't know how he can do it. I don't. I don't know why he was given this ability, but um, but he was and he was amazing. So I went with him, and you know, sorry, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you you know he's got to be a, a good friend of Jason's if he left a, his senior year to go to Mississippi State and, and Jason <laughs> still picks him over Maddox. Uh, because 
Look, we've had some fantastic first basemen and, and some first basemen that are now country music stars that uh, were were worthy of uh, being named to this position. But I, I don't know how you look at that list and you don't go with Mark Maddox. Hey, I'll tell you a quick, a real quick Cliff Wren story from back in the I got day. all the time in the world. It, is, it, them off, is, it, is it OK to air? Yes, okay. absolutely OK to air. OK, go for it. Is, so, is Cliff still going to be your friend after you tell this story? Yeah, I'm a little it's, less it's, enthused it's, now. it's 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 one of the more it's one of the most Cliff Wren things of all time. And after I tell this story, you'll understand why I said that. All right. So he was uh, he was batting. Hill Denson was coaching. Uh, so Hill was in in the third base dugout. I mean, in third base uh, coaching box. And there's runners on first and second. Nobody out. So Hill gives Cliff the bunt sign. And Cliff kind of, you know. Acts like he sees it and then kind of kicks some dirt in the, in the batter's box and steps out and looks back at him. Coach runs through the signs again, gives Cliff the bunt sign once again. He does the same thing, just fiddles around and steps out. So Coach starts just, you know, walking down the third baseline towards the batter's box, kind of pissed off. Cliff starts walking, meets him about halfway. Coach says, son, I'm giving you the bunt sign. He said, Cliff said, I know. He said, well, get the bunt down so we get these guys in scoring position. And Cliff, Cliff looks him in the eye and he says, Coach, I'm in scoring position. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah. Next pitch, like, you know, ball off the wall, double. <laughs> it's just it's just typical Cliff. Nice. All right. Respect. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So second base. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, Isaac Rodriguez, Matt Guidry, James Ewing, who, you know, from, from that College World Series team is a legend. I really love Trey Sutton, uh, but to me, I think Jeff Hoff, Jarrett Hoff powers a lot here. I mean, I, I, I believe Jarrett's the greatest uh, Southern Miss hit, hitter that, that we've seen, um, and he's also a friend. He's my friend, so bam, there you go. We're, we're yeah, he, being nepotism or whatever. He's an excellent dude, and you're probably right. He's probably the the one of the best Southern Miss baseball players that, that ever strapped on the cleats. Uh I'm Trey Sutton, I consider a friend, so I went with Trey. And I know Jared too. Uh worked with Jared for for a brief while. Excellent guy. Again, another ridiculous list of impossible choices to make. Uh if you're playing F Mary Kill in this game, uh good luck to you. But Sutton is who I picked at second base. Without Sutton's knee injury late in his career. Uh, I, I really feel like Sutton would have had a, a, a legitimate shot at the pros and uh, unfortunately got disrailed or disrailed, derailed. Let's, let's have another whiskey pour. <laughs> yeah. Damn I blame you, another, Sutton. Yeah, here's another person that I see uh, in the roost quite a bit, Trey Sutton, and I did not pick him. I went Hoffbauer as well. Um, yeah, but, you know, Sutton still, if I'm not mistaken, has the is the is the all-time hits leader in Sutton Miss history. Um, he can he can hang on to that for the rest of his life, and one of the best that's ever done it. And I'm sure glad that he put on the black and gold, and also gave a hell of an interview um, when we interviewed him a, a couple of years ago after he won uh, the state title at West Jones. Yeah, how so, awesome is that to go back yeah. and coach your alma mater and win a state championship? Sure. Here, listen to all this. I'm the one that voted for you. They chose Hoffauer. <laughs> No, yeah, but but you you just can't deny the the hitting ability that Hoffbauer had, and yeah, and, and maybe and maybe the the you know, the injury right there at the end played a part with Sudden, but 
you know, if, even if you listen to former players, they when you ask them who's the best hitter they've ever seen, a lot of them go with Hoffbauer. So it's yeah. so close. In fact, it's it's a it's a tip of the cap to Sutton, really, that it's this hard of a decision. Honestly, you know. So, but yes, I went with I went with Hoffbauer as well. Third base, another. This is another one. You just like okay. There's several choices here. Uh, you got Brady Mills, Bo Griffin, Taylor Walker. Taylor Braley is a really solid choice. I went with Luke Reynolds. I just felt as far as a pure third baseman, I felt like uh, Luke. Luke was my choice. So Taylor Braley. Oh, we went. And, 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 and honestly, I, I I don't I don't even think it's close. You think I, I think that Taylor Braley is the, the clear choice. Uh, I mean, I, he could just do so much for the team. He could, he um and 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 he was here longer than Luke. Was Luke here one year or two years? Uh, two. I think, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I may be wrong on that. And Taylor but, is another guy. If he would have stayed, um, you know, I I think he could have really set the record book on on fire too. But um, he's I mean very much like Cliff, honestly, super clutch. He can do everything. You know, if you put him in shortstop, he's the best shortstop. If you put him in pitcher, he throws ninety four. Uh, you put him in a three hole, he hits bombs. Um, super nimble on his feet to be kind of a, uh, you know, a heavier set guy, just super light feet, um, and just a gamer. And, and if we were up in a, and if I had to pick one guy from probably the last 10 years to be up at the plate with something on the line, he's pretty high up on that list. So I went with Braley. Yeah, that was a, a really tough choice for me. I, I really wanted to go Braley, but uh, what the thought I had in the back of my mind was, that's been so recent. Is it the recentness of it that, that makes me lean Braley? Now that I've listened to, to Jason's logic, no, it, was, it wasn't really the recentness. It was the fact that he was just an absolute machine. Uh, but I actually went Bo Griffin at third base. Oh, great choice. You know, it's another dilemma. Uh, so we're here at shortstop. And again, I think this is another place where it's pretty much, where I think it's a lock. You had some very, very solid choices here. B.A. Volmuth. Obviously, Matt Shepard, uh, who I believe is is a police officer in pedal now, Jared Martin, Michael Sterling. But I think this is a posi- another position where it's a locked in choice with Brian Dozier. I went Dozier. I, 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 I thought about Volmuth for a while just from his. I mean, this is a five tool guy, which yeah. honestly, I mean, you know, Dozier really wasn't right. Um, Volmuth was, was like six, five, uh, or I don't know, like somewhere, somewhere around there. He's a taller middle and Bill Brasky. Um, you know, he runs like a deer, has an absolute cannon, hits bombs, but then you kind of take what, you know, what Dozier brings to the table. And then after he left college, obviously what he did in the major leagues was just unprecedented for anybody that's ever put on the black and gold. So that all played in for me. And the fact that Dozier started over Volmuth, even though he's a little, he was younger. Um, I mean, look, without Volmuth uh, coming in for Dozier, uh, the uh, World Series year in, in 2009. We don't make it. We don't make it. Right. Uh, like when Dozier went down, I mean, we all just went like, <gasps> what are we going to do? And here comes this guy, B.A. Volmuth, from Biloxi High School. And he, he was highly recruited by everybody. He had like 530 a senior year or something like that. And um, we're all wondering what B.A. stood for. 
And soon after he started starting games for Southern Miss, we found out that that meant badass because he was awesome. And, um, yeah, without him, we don't make that run. But but at the end of the day, you obviously have to go Dozier. Yeah, uh, Dozier. Dozier may be my favorite Golden Eagle baseball player of all time. And uh, the, some of that carries over into the fact that he went on to play for the Minnesota Twins for a while, which is my childhood favorite major league team. So I've got multiple connections there. But uh, how do you not love that guy? Uh, personality wise, leadership ability wise, playing ability wise, and then, uh, you know, became a power hitter in the pros. Uh, just uh, unbelievable uh, Southern Miss baseball player. So we're going to the outfield, and there's one definite luck. I think there's two lucks if you get down to it. Uh, Matt Walner obviously is a luck. I think Jeff Cook is a luck to me. Um, so my third choice, there's so many, so many good outfielders to choose from. I mean, this is a really, really tough decision. Ryan Frith, Tyler Kaling, Clint King, Dylan Bordeaux, Bo Davis, Dusty Haley, Kyle Logan, Jeremy Albritton, Michael Artman, Mason Robbins, Jason Lowry, Mason Irby. My goodness, that is, that is a difficult choice. But for the sake of making this pick, I went with Tyler Kaling. Tyler Kaling, we got three of them, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, he said the two that were locks for him were Walner and oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Cook. Okay. Jeff Cook, yeah. Well, I, I, I went I went Walner and Cook as well. Um, there's so many things that, that, that everybody brings to the table. I mean, Ardman was one of the fastest players to ever play here. Um, all Britain was an all around talent. I, I ended up going with Dusty Haley. Um, first of all, he hit a ton of home runs. Oh yeah. He was Second still... of all, I, I, you know, I think he, he might, it's hard. It's so hard to say <laughs> with these guys, but if I had to pick who might've been the best defensive center fielder that, that I've seen, he's got to be in the conversation, you know? Um, so, so I went Haley at the end. And but but yeah, Walner and Cook. Uh, you know, I was actually talking with some people out, and we, we were having the same conversation out in the roost this weekend. And, and Clint, an, yeah, Clint, well, Clint King, Dylan Burdell. I'm mean, just like, yeah, I, I, you could any of these guys, you could Jason, you know, any of these guys you could throw out there, and I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Sure, no, you can make them. I mean, you can make the argument. The argument can be made for pretty much everybody on the list. But but yeah, that that's the uh, three that I went with. Uh, Walner uh, and uh, and Cook, obviously, uh, from our text message conversation, you guys know that I actually didn't pick Cook on my actual submission because I mentally was foggy and got him mixed up with another player on the team. Don't ask me how. Don't uh, <laughs> you all you all know already that I drink a lot of whiskey. Let's just blame it on that. But so uh, Cookie, Matt Walner and Jason Lowry, J Lo was my third pick. Um, so we're here with the uh, designated hitter, and this was a weird one. I felt like there should have been more, because I, you know, I know Braley played DH at times, but I guess they just were keeping keeping people to one uh, position. So you've got uh, you know Bryant Bowen, Cliff Wren, Matt Durst, Darren Welch. Uh, it really was a tough, a tough, 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 tough choice. So um, I have a feeling, Jason, I have a feeling you're going with Cliff Wren. Um. No, I actually went with Welch, with Mooch. Well, there um, you go. Yeah, I uh, went with him. He, you know, he he left us a little bit too soon, also. But uh, but but 
he was phenomenal as a freshman and and I went with uh, went with Welch. Um, I actually went with Matt Durst here. I guess, yeah, that's uh, where I went. Yeah, guys, I mean, even years. I, is it still is Dursting still a thing? Uh, <laughs> the, the I mean, the, the, is that still a thing in the dugout? About for that. even for years after the you know Durst played here, he was still a legend in the dugout, and and uh, different rituals were were dedicated to him in his honor. Uh, so uh, a, a little uh, extra there that, that played into my decision. But uh, besides being a, a living Southern Miss baseball legend to the, to the maybe not current players, uh, but but players of recent past played into that decision for me. Relief pitcher. So, some, so uh, you know, some more interesting choices. Heath Cantrell, uh, Jonathan Johnston, Ryan Bellinger, uh, to me, it came down to to Chad Bradford and and James McMahon. I went with McMahon. I went Jonathan Johnston. Um, he's he's way up there up there on the uh, I think all time appearances list. And another Northwest Rankin boy, so you know that that didn't hurt his chances with me. <laughs> but um, but now I went with I went with JJ. Well, I mean, just to spread the love, I went with Ryan Ballinger. Uh, I mean, which is, again, the point that we've made time and time again over this conversation is it's impossible to choose. So uh, all three of us chose different people for this position. And I think the same with the closer. You could really I mean, you could throw a dart and just hit any of these guys and it would be a good mm-hmm. choice. Colin Cargill, Tyler Kahn, Bradley Roney, Daniel Best. I went with Austin Tubb. I went Daniel Best, and I don't even have really a reason for it. Like I, I could have said any of these names <laughs> on there, and I would have the like the exact same argument. Um, I didn't go through and like pull up all the stats and all that. I, I didn't get it I didn't that either. far into it. I just kind of remembered, and um, and I went Best. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, and the exact same decision making process. It wasn't a let me do my homework and deep dive into this. It was what's my gut feeling quickly looking at this list who I would go with and and Daniel Best is my selection for closer too. I was kind of disappointed that Tyler Key did not make that list and I was also kind of disappointed yeah. the guys like uh Todd Nace wasn't listed on there. Bill Selby I don't think was listed. Fred Cooley. No. Um there's a bunch of guys great, yeah. who were I mean just I I couldn't believe they that their names I, in fact I think I went back and looked through it again. I was like did I miss them? Kerry Valerie. So, so who? Kerry Valerie, outfielder from the uh, early nineties. Okay, I don't know that <laughs> one, but uh, but but those other guys, you know, it's it's um just you know. What about Jason yeah. Bailey? Yeah, that did not work out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, did not pan out. You know, I would have if if you would have had DeQuincy Scott on there at. Uh, he plays on first sure. base and some DH. You know, that's another DH one. Just going to cut, yeah, park it over St. Thomas over there. Yeah, I mean, I would have. That's probably how I would have gone on the DH. Um, so yeah, but like it, it, you know, there are obviously a lot of guys left out. Um, there are obviously a lot of good names that we love that we just couldn't choose because you only had one spot. Or you know, hell, Taylor Braley played some DH. I, you know, I might have gone with him there. You know. Mm-hmm. And, we have some that we chose, even though we don't like them, Trey Sutton. Um, <laughs> it's a very, very – just a fun conversation to have. If you want to check that out, go check out the uh, Southern Miss social media. 
It's a Build Your Southernmost Dream Team presented by Bancorp South. And uh, if you enter, you get uh, enter to it for a chance to win a free 2021 Southern Miss team sign bat and baseball. So some pretty cool memorabilia you can add to your collection. Uh, the Pelicans just house the Lakers. I don't care who's playing, who isn't. That's awesome. <laughs> makes, for, <laughs> makes for a very, very good sports night tonight. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have done this. So I've kind of – I have not watched very much – uh, postseason college basketball in the past 10 years, really. But this year, it, the NCAA tournament, because of the parity, because of the situations with COVID, it has actually been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the day when we get back there and start playing again. I really sure. wish I was more into it right now. I wish I could say that I had watched more. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, and I've heard them talk about it. And it's just ridiculous hearing them downplay it, really. That's kind of what they're all doing. They're like, hey, Cinderella's good for like a win, but now there's been like 15 upsets or something, and they're, you know, they're – anyway. Um, but, no, I do need to jump on board this year, and and I did not fill out a bracket. Hadn't done that in quite a while. I, I, I What I hope, Jamie, is that I get back to a day where I would want to fill out a bracket again. And it seems like yeah. this year might push me back towards actually participating. Mm, not me. I still don't give a damn about a bracket. <laughs> I, I would have got. I mean, I would have felt. I would have got them all wrong, even if yeah. it, you know. But but it's been some. It's really been some exciting ends to some of these games. Some sweet upsets. I mean, you know, and I know there's been some chatter from the Southern Miss faithful on Twitter. But it's fun not having Duke, Kentucky. You know, it's it's fun not having these these teams that are get in it every year and seem to kind of get the nod every year it's it's nice having a change of pace it's nice having you know your number one seed uh illinois uh get knocked out i mean it's been it's been a fun tournament to watch and uh yeah, it, yeah it's just nice having seeing people actually get the shot when all you hear about is how it's never gonna happen you know like the 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 these guys don't even have a practice facility and blah 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 and then you put them you know you get them on the court and you get them on the court and they're trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah this past weekend i mean uh, oral roberts is still in it um there's there's still a couple of lower seeds in it huh are there how many lower seeds are moving on to the sweet 16 oral roberts and is are they the only one that have completely made it through um uh illinois uh um, excuse me, Loyola Chicago. I don't know what. Uh, what oh yeah, they yeah. Are. Oh, that's They've another. They've got fun the team. nun. That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll pull for them. Not uh, Loyola, Louisiana, but the real Loyola. Uh, UCLA is an 11 seed, and they they actually played three games last week. Um, they're still in it. Um, Oregon State is still in it. Syracuse is 11 seed. I know they're a, a basketball, uh, that you know powerhouse from back in the day, but they're still in it. So. Yeah, you've got some, you've got a few, a few, uh, some lower seed teams, but you know, you have, uh, you still have three number one seeds. It just, it yeah. just kind of doesn't feel like that. Oh, and, uh, yeah, you mentioned Oral Roberts and Loyola and Chicago, Loyola of, uh, Chicago is playing Oregon State. So you'll have at least a, a lower seed move on to the Elite Eight there. Um, so yeah, it should, uh, we'll see what happens, but you, you don't have a lot of your traditional basketball schools in the mix. So it'll be interesting. That's refreshing. I- I've got to have a connection to a school to give a damn of what's going on in the game. And uh, my friends up here in, in the Raleigh area, 
uh, are from all over the place. So there were a few teams that I was following just for uh, because my friends went there and they they really care. So that adds a, a, a reason to watch a game when when there's nothing else going on. But uh, a couple of my buddies went to Wisconsin. Uh, another buddy went to Texas Tech. And then um, what's the other school that I, uh, my my cohort at work? His name is also Shane, uh, but he's Boo. from West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, I keep telling him uh, they confuse us at work, and we get emails for each other all the time because it's just different last names. And I've challenged him to a, a Thunderdome style cage match in the parking lot <laughs> to who gets to keep the name at the plant, but he hasn't jumped on that yet. He's scared, but uh, <laughs> uh, he. Uh, <laughs> So you guys all appreciate this. Uh, Shane actually went to Marshall, uh, but he's a, a big West Virginia uh, football and basketball fan. Uh, so wow. that sounds about but, right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's about right. Well, we'll and he's a friend of yours. That's really weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, mean I mean, has this come up in conversation? Oh yeah, I've I've given him shit about it, and he didn't handle it well, um, <laughs> as as you would expect a person in that situation to act. Um, Nice guy, really nice guy, but that's his major fault is that he's not a diehard Marshall fan. Um, so we'll just hold that against him until he dies. All right. Do you guys have any shout outs this week? Yeah. I want to do a quick shout out. Um, a few quick shout outs. Uh, number one, Steve Farmer. Steve came into town, actually stayed with me on Friday night, went to the Friday game and the Saturday game. Even made it out to my four year olds, two soccer games on Saturday morning. So shout out to Steve. He brought all the alcohol. I think it's the reason that I felt so bad on Saturday morning, but we soldiered through. Um, wanted to give a shout out to um, to Momo, um, Gabe Montenegro's dad. He came out and hung out. He'll actually be here this weekend as well. He was asking about you, Jamie, um, and and wanted to know uh, you know how you're doing. And, and and we kind of caught up on that for a little bit. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my nephew Jonah Katsaboulas. He hit his first high school home run. Uh, so it was yesterday, I think, uh, versus Pearl. He plays at Brandon High School and is already committed to Pearl River as a junior. He's actually gotten a, a, some looks from um, from Ole Miss and a letter or two from Southern Miss. So hoping that that all pans out, but but great for him and and, and uh, hopefully he can keep that going the rest of the year. Last yeah. couple shout outs here, uh, Randy Kent. Uh, we call him Gooch. He sits out in the roost with Adams and all those guys. Uh, he wanted me to. He thought that I was the one during the last episode that had the line about the uh, the timeout coordinator. Um, <laughs> and I told him it was Jamie. I said, "No, it was Jamie." He's like, "Man," he said, "I love that." He said, "I rewound it. I, I listened to it again." So, so he really loved that line. I've had a few people actually hit me up about that line. So it was even funnier than I thought it was. And then the last oh. shoutouts that I have are for uh your boy dk uh saw him out in the roost and um and kyle bailey was out there as well so and and then well i actually have one more thing one more thing uh, is that uh we have to get a name for shane's segment it it, it kind of reminds me of the obscure sports quarterly from dodgeball <laughs> but i think we, somehow we have to get a name for what shane does every week because he does an awesome job with it i'm so glad he does it and um, I think we need to name this thing. Well, it just gives me the opportunity to butcher innocent people's names ruthlessly. Uh, and that's it's all the joy that I need out of it. Yeah, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll marinate on that a little bit. Uh, Shane, do yeah. you have any shout outs? 
I don't have a shout out, but I've got a call out. And I, I was going to let this die. Uh, I really was. But Chad. <laughs> I don't understand how one human being can mess up food so bad. <laughs> I don't even remember who the original tweet was from the other day, but it was calling out people that put ketchup on shrimp po' boys. And the second I saw it, I said, Chad Dickens is going to respond to this and be like, I love ketchup on po' boys. <laughs> of course you do, Chad. Why don't you like good food? I don't understand. It <laughs> pains me. It pains me at this point. And I called you out several times last episode, and you didn't talk any shit about it. So I don't think you even listen anymore. Oh, <laughs> wow. Come at me, bro. <laughs> bro, shame. I mean, uh, Chad was a uh, was a Marine, so. Was. Well, hey, once a Marine, always a Marine. See, now, once now a you're Marine off... eats shitty food, I ain't even worried about it. His nutrition is horrible. Now you're pissing off the entire Marine Corps. I'm not taking on the entire Marine Corps, but I'll fight Chad. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, big weekend coming up. We'll see you on Saturday. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.